Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we have a really fun show with a wonderful returning guest who's uh, happened to catch him while he's back in New York City. You guys are in for a real treat. But first, of course, our quotes of the day. I know you've been waiting all week long for our quotes of the day. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. Let's see. From the universe. Would it help to be reminded that there's no problem so great that you won't one day be grateful for it? That there's no friend you've ever had who won't always love you? That there's no dream you've ever dreamt that doesn't already exist? Not bad, huh? The universe. Ah, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Kind of uh, supporting us on to remind us that uh, there's, even though we may not feel like it at the time, one day we will be grateful for all the craziness in our lives. And let's see what Abraham has to say. Whatever you are, whatever you are giving your attention to, already has a vibration of its own. And as you give your attention to it, you include its vibration in your vibration. And then your point of attraction is affected. Abraham. So once again, we talk about focus, right? It's what are you giving your attention to? And this is one of the things that, as you know, I I talk about quite a bit. I coach my clients about quite a bit. That what really determines how we're feeling, or in other words, our vibration, is where we are putting our focus. What are you focusing? What aspects of your life are you focusing on? What aspects of your day are you focusing on? What aspects of your relationships are you focusing on? And if you're focusing on the things that drive you nuts, that irritate you, that annoy you, that make you depressed, then you're going to feel annoyed, anxious, and depressed. And if you fo- focus on the things that make you feel good, that, that make you feel excited, that make you laugh, then you're going to feel in a good mood. Your vibration will be higher. So here's the thing. If, you giving, if you're giving your attention to something that's not a very high vibration, like let's just say, oh, I don't know, like maybe the news on TV or in the newspapers where they're constantly talking about people getting blown up and, you know, horrible things happening throughout the world. That's not a very high vibration. And the more you give your focus to that, the more that's going to bring your vibration, your energy down. The more it's going to make you feel worse. However, the good part about that is we have the choice of where to put our focus. 
So if instead of focusing on those things, putting our attention to those things that make us just feel plain yucky, we put our focus and we put our attention on the things that make us feel better, that will allow us to feel better. That will allow us to feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe the world isn't quite as horrible as it's portrayed on TV or in the headlines of the newspapers because it's really not. You know, mass media, God bless them, you know, they're out to make a profit and they know that in order to do that, they just scare people. They scare the bejesus out of us just to get us to keep watching, keep reading, keep subscribing. Um, but you'll see as time goes on, I predict next 10, 15 years, uh, that's going to become less and less and less effective because they do it so much. We're getting numb to it. So even that's not going to keep working. So you want to feel better. You want to raise your vibration. You want to have more energy. Give your attention to those things that make you feel more energetic, happier, feeling just better to be alive. So hope you enjoyed that. Those are our quotes for the day from Mike Dooley in the Universe and from Abraham. And oh, today we have somebody who gives his attention to all sorts of interesting things. The one thing I can definitely say about today's guest is being around him is never boring. And and what I love about uh, Roger, Roger Nygaard, is he somehow has a way of... Even in the most depressing of topics, he can find something fun about it, to laugh about it. So Roger Nygaard is a writer, editor, and filmmaker who's directed um, so many things like the NBC series, The Office, Fox's The Bernie Mac Show, HBO's The Mind of the Mary Ma- Ma- Married Man, uh, the Disney XD series um, Zeke and Luther, as well as having edited um, many things like The League and episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David has a play out now, right? Yeah, I went to see it two nights ago. Oh, how was it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's classic Larry David. My favorite line, I think, was uh, he, (laughs) among many, Mm -hmm. he says, I don't want to die alone. I want to live alone. (laughs) Classic Larry David. Um Yeah, so Roger has uh, made several award-winning independent feature films, most notoriously being Trekkies, the documentary about obsessive science fiction fans in the Star Trek universe. His most, in his most previous documentary is called, and which is what we talked about last time you were here, The Nature of Existence, in which he asked, why are we here and what are we supposed to do about it? So I'm glad your travels bring you back to New York, Roger. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Uh, thank you. Yeah, well, I think it was 2010 when I was here last promoting The Nature of Existence. Really? Was that long ago? Wow. Five, yeah, several five, years ago. Yeah, well, actually, just a few weeks ago, I celebrated my fifth anniversary of doing the show, and it was kind of fun kind of going back, looking over who were all the guests that I've had over the last five years. Well, and I specifically remember when I was here, you asked me, what's next? Yes. I, that's a question I get a lot, and, and at that point, I finally had an idea of what was next, which is coming to fruition, and that's why I'm here. But uh, I told you at the time, you know, after studying 
existence, mm-hmm. existentialism, why are we here? I had right. to find a topic that was even more inexplicable and hard to fathom. <laughs> a Which bigger is? a bigger challenge than existence <laughs> right. itself. Yes. So uh, next up is marriage, the topic marriage. of marriage. Woohoo. All right, cool. Well, we're <laughs> going to get into that, but I do have a couple of tricky questions I have to ask you. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, very sad, you know, with now the passing of Leonard Nimoy, we've lost DeForest Kelly, um, uh, James Doohan, and now um, Leonard Nimoy. Do us Trekkies, are we like getting old? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up with it. You know, it was in yeah. syndication, and that's why I, you know, not I knew about the show, loved the show, and, and mm-hmm. was a fan of all all science fiction from the 70s. Yeah. Th- th- that's my formative, you know, uh, influence. Yeah. But it wasn't just Star Trek. It was right, like right. a voyage to the bottom of the, the sea, sea ah. the time tunnel, yeah. land of the giants. giants. You remember yeah. those shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost in space. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. If you mention those shows to millennials, they, they look at you blankly. But tr- right. to me, that was a special time well, period. You know, some of those millennials do know those shows because of Nickelodeon and, and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the old TV series are on there and people actually watch them still, which amazes me. But yeah. The Immortal. Remember that show? The immortal. No. There's a guy who had, he was immortal, he oh. realized one day. And so there were people chasing him so they could steal his blood because oh, a blood transfusion would cure any disease. Right. But it got kind of repetitive because every episode was, you know, we need Being your chased. blood. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's next? Right. Or, um,. <sighs> The Prisoner. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a cool one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. So, 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 okay, so, so now you're working on marriage. Um, so you felt that, like, after working on the, the nature of existence and, like, why are we all here? Like, really, marriage, that's, like, the mes- next most least phasm- fathomable thing to talk about? Well, I get obsessed with the topic. Uh, and I was obsessed with existential, obsessed with existentialism. For ever since I can remember, really, mm-hmm. you know, ever since I realized I was going to die one day, ah, which is kind of a shock yeah. to a child, you know, wherever it hits you because you just right. assume you're immortal mm-hmm. <laughs> until that one day when someone dies or, you know, you lose a grandparent or you just understand the concept finally of, yeah. of uh, impermanence. You know what I heard once that when a child develops fear is actually sometime between four and seven years old Mm -hmm. where the brain unconsciously does a calculation of it. Like when we dream at night, it's like the brain processing the energy from the day that we went through. And there's some point at which the brain realizes it can't process all the energy that that the person experienced during the day. And that's the point unconsciously when the brain knows it's going to die. And that's when children develop fear. <laughs> that makes sense. And I thought like that was like, whoa. That's what happened to me. It hit me one day. I actually, I kind of remember very specifically, I was reading through uh, the family and medical encyclopedia and just about, and I, there are all these diseases mm. like, and, and, and tuberculosis. And I was reading tuberculosis and the symptoms of tuberculosis were f- lots of fatigue, sleeping all the time, coughing. And I thought... I have these symptoms. <laughs> I'm always tired, always and I'm tired. I'm coughing this week. I remember at some point, I, I'm, I and I was I was uh, uh, certain I had tuberculosis. <laughs> so I basically went and like laid down and waited to die, you know, and you know, because you over dramatize things sometimes right. when you're a child. Until my mom said, "Dinner time. You know, right. I'm hungry, too hungry for this. I gotta go." <laughs> right, hunger always wins out over any kind of <laughs> somatic experience, right? mortality. Yeah, mortality right? 
<laughs> as long as I can eat, I'm okay. So that was the obsession. That was the previous obsession. Okay. I worked it out by making a documentary, and now mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing. It's a process of working out my, my obsession with marriage. I'm not married, haven't been. I'm, uh, I'm just sort of confused and bewildered by the whole concept. I see. So, so I have to ask, do, are like a lot of your friends married or divorced? or? Oh, going through the, all the stages. All the stages. Huh? Some of them are getting cancer. Some are oh. having children. Some mm-hmm. are, have had tragedies. And yeah. is it better to be with someone without? Is it better to have children or without children? And, and so all of the, these are all questions I'm sure we all right. think of at some point. Right. And I'm certainly not immune to that. Mm-hmm. And the way I exercise this demon mm-hmm. is to, I start by reading a stack of books, usually about six uh, feet tall on the subject and learn as much as I can. And then I think, oh, it'd be cool to talk to these authors and, mm. and, and experts and people in general and ask. And so I do, I start setting up appointments, bring mm-hmm. my camera. Right. And then the audience comes with me and they learn what I learn as I ask the question, why is it so darn hard to be married? Ah, uh-huh. What was the very first uh, way you got started with this? What was the first book that you read on the subject? Oh, the or, first or is hard to say, but one that really struck me was by Robin Baker, uh, Baker and Bellis. It's called Sperm Wars. Sperm S- Wars. Sperm Wars. Wow. Yeah. And okay. what they discovered, which was really controversial, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it, it shouldn't be, but they just discovered that mm-hmm. when a man ejaculates, there's mm-hmm. sperm there, right? And right. the sperm is made up of many types of different sperm. There's not just one sperm. Oh, really? The fertilizing sperm is actually less than 10% oh. of the sperm. The rest are what they called soldiers, blockers, warriors. They all had assassins. They had wow. different jobs wow. meant to kill another man's sperm. That go to war another with another man's man sperm. sperm. Wow. So the implication was that women were promoting sperm warfare inside <laughs> their bodies. Oh, and in order to do that, they've got to be like what we'd call today promiscuous. Right, right, right. Wow. So like biologically over time we evolved to the like my sperm has got to be stronger than your sperm, huh? That makes the best sperm, uh, the best sperm has to win to fertilize mm. the egg and it, uh. it, it, it creates an environment for better genetics, better evolution, right, I guess, better, right, the right. Be- may the best sperm win. Right. So it's not the fastest sperm, huh? Well, I guess speed would be part of it, but, right. you know, you got to have a good team behind but, you. But, but, like, even if you're promiscuous, isn't the sperm that gets to the egg first the one that wins? So, in like, unless you're having sex with, like, two men at the exact same time... That's what they were saying was yeah. probably, you know, within oh. sperm lives up to five days inside a woman. Oh, so within okay. that five day period, if she is with more than one man, the sperm is going to go to war. Oh. And then the egg has a very narrow window, uh, less than two days, a period of time that it, uh-huh. it can be fertilized. So whatever sperm uh, wins that war, war is waiting for the egg to come and, and then uh, yeah, wins, see, wins the I game see. and then the child has that, those genetics. Okay, so sperm warfare I think is a good place to take our first break. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, why is it so difficult for people to get married and we'll learn all about uh, Roger's uh, research in uh, marriage. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Now, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back and there will be a lot more laughs for this show, I promise you.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com And welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And today we're talking with Roger Nygaard, filmmaker extraordinaire, who's currently working on a documentary all about marriage. Do you, do you have a working title for the, the film? The Truth About Marriage. The Truth About Marriage. Ah. Wouldn't you, don't you want to know the truth? Absolutely. Come on. Let's give it to our audience. <laughs> this, is, this is your preview, your, your exclusive uh, preview. What's the truth about marriage? Oh, the truth is hard. I found most people don't want truth. They want fairy tales. Ah. I interviewed uh, Marnie Kagan uh-huh. uh, yesterday. She's a former Marnie Gallison who used to have a show on this network. Yes. She's married, has a baby and and, and, uh, she's a matchmaker and a relationship Mm -hmm. consultant. And uh, she's. Uh, you know, a wealth of information about relationships and people. Uh, And uh, she, one of the many things we talked about are advice for people, like Mm -hmm. how to, we're all doing it wrong, right? We're, we're, uh, we're searching right. for this ideal person that doesn't exist, and we, right, kind of, we blame right. Hollywood. Uh-huh. But Hollywood's reacting. They give us what we want to see. Right, they, right. If we don't buy a ticket, they'll stop presenting it. So right. we don't really want truth. We mm. want these ideals, and these ideals don't exist, so we're constantly chasing something that's impossible to reach mm-hmm. and frustrated. So everybody's frustrated right. in their relationships and their marriages. Right. So what I'm trying to find out is, What's the problem? Why are we so frustrated? And mm. knowing once you identify the hard truth, then you can act. Then you can move towards solutions. Mm. So you're asking me the question: What is the truth? What I mean, is the truth? in 
if you break it down, the basic truth is our expectations for marriage and relationships are out of sync with our human nature. Ah, okay, okay. How did that happen? That's the next question. Right, right, right. So uh, I'm curious, did you dig into sort of the history around marriage? Like, how did it come about? I mean, it's it's really something man and woman made. Um, how did we ever start with just even this concept of marriage? That's an excellent question because you go right to the core. Where did it come from? Right. Humans have been around, according to anthropologists uh, and archaeologists, about 200,000 years yeah. as we exist today. Right. right, and so most of that period of time, marriage probably wasn't part of our so our social uh, our social choices. Mm-hmm. So, what did exist? We probably existed in these small tribes of 150 people or fewer, where mm-hmm. they shared everything. Ah. You know, I guess you could say it's perfect communism. But <laughs> communism only works in small groups. Ah. Once you get beyond 100 and 150 people someone can cheat. Mm. And so communism no longer works if someone's cheating. Mm. And that's why it doesn't work in today's society because we have right. you know several billion people. people right. But at one point, humans discovered agriculture and they, were, they stopped being these nomadic tribes mm-hmm. moving mm-hmm. around, hunter-gatherers, and the concept of possession was invented or occurred. And you know, this is my land. This is mine. And uh, so men... At that point, started to realize, well, this is my child. It's my genetics. I want to make sure I leave my possessions to Mm. my children, to my genetical genetic offspring. Right. In order to do that, a man has to be certain that it's his baby. Right, right. Because you always know who the mother is of the baby, because that's who it comes out of. (laughs) But who the father is, that could be a question. And is questionable. There was a study done in uh, Ireland where they genetically tested everyone in a small town Mm -hmm. and the children Mm -hmm. without, you know, telling, keeping names out of it just to see the percentage. And they found 10% of the children were not related to the man they thought was their father. Really? So that's pretty common. About ten percent wow. of a general of a given uh-huh. population, population. Okay. so they say, uh-huh. are a result of affairs or, or mm-hmm. you know extramarital uh, couplings. Yeah, and so they're probably infidelity is much higher than ten percent. If if you know ten percent is the result of the oh, oh for children, right, 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 which means there has to be a lot more of that occurring because right. only a certain percentage of it's going to lead to a child. Exactly. Wow. So marriage then was an invention by men to control mm. women's sexual behavior so men would know that's my baby. Ah. I see. I see. So it it all has to do with property, huh? Yeah, and then that's, you know, it's not really the romantic ideal yeah. that we have today. <laughs> the 1950s version of marriage which right. we call traditional marriage with right. quotes was a very small slice of human history. This right. was tra- what we think of as traditional. Right. Only happened for about 10 years where the man is the breadwinner, the woman stays mm. home, she's the homemaker, and you know this heterosexual coupling that right. we hold as this paragon for some reason. And there are many other things happening today, right? We're mo- probably moving back closer toward our, our internal, our human nature mm. with polyamory and right. uh, you know uh, all sorts of pairings that defy the traditional heterosexual, right. traditional right. marriage. Right, because you know what immediately comes up to my mind is if if that's why original marriage was sort of created, then why like are, are is gay marriage such a big deal? 
because you think, well, you know, if you're gay, you're not necessarily going to have kids. Or if you have kids, it's going to be with somebody else's something, either egg or sperm. So why would you care if you're married? Is it just that gay couples want to have, you know, the same status as heterosexual couples? I mean, it just... Well, that's certainly, the, I think, the reason, you know, yeah. uh, gay people want the same rights as anyone rights. else. Right, right. And why shouldn't they have that? Right, right. And gay people have existed as a part of humanity forever oh, and about absolutely. the same percentage. So that means it's genetic across all genotypes. You know, it you know, it's, ah. it doesn't have anything to do with who's mating with whom. It's like uh, any other uh, uh, characteristic that could be selected for in mm. in the spectrum of human choices. Like like how many humans have blue eyes or something. Yeah, you know, or the type of teeth or uh. preference for vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, humans have, you know, the, ge- the genes code for many options and choices and that's just one of them right. which tends to be according to the um, people who the researchers who study this has to do a lot with the uh, f- hormonal bath that a fetus is developing in inside the woman oh okay because so, we all start out as a woman every fetus is oh, a female right, right right i remember that now. and yes, then yes, yes. and then it gets the right code, code you know from the mother right. to say okay now let's make this into a boy Right. and grow a penis instead of a clitoris and, and all the other things that have to happen or something in between or some mixture and uh, you know there, there, there's really a spectrum of possibilities right, right right that's so funny because I just had a conversation with a friend of mine whose girlfriend is pregnant like like and like less than three months I think and and you know I and he just got like the first sonograms of it and so of course you know the first questions are oh is it a boy or a girl and he was like well we don't know yet but you know in the beginning we really thought it was a girl but now we both kind of think it might be a boy so I wonder <laughs> they're probably right and then like yeah they could be right both times yeah, right exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing though you know um also I did hear something recently this whole idea of human modern human being about 200,000 years old I think we might be off a little bit because I just saw something that they found on a dig in Africa like handmade tools that are like 1.2 million years old mm-hmm. and and we keep finding things that are older, quote unquote, than they're supposed to be. Like there are pyramids in Bosnia that are uh, date back at least 40,000 years. So Well, just, you're right. These are a lot of best guesses yeah. that scientists give us. But whatever length of time humans as we exist today have been around, there was something prior to us that was right. pretty smart right. and, and very right, capable right, and right. probably tool users and right. had social environments and things. Not like we do right. today, but, you know, we had to come from some prior version. Right, right. But, I mean, all that means is just that what we think of as, as quote-unquote, modern man is actually much, much smaller on the scale of time than really the overall existence of humanity. Yeah, it, it's good to put things in perspective. Right. We tend to look at things through a lens that only looks back a few decades right. as though that's our whole experience. But really, right. we've been around thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years and, right. and and something before us, millions of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, when you started out doing your research, and okay, you you started off with reading books, and then you, I'm assuming then you you pick like you you want to start interviewing some people, probably some of the authors, other people. How do you decide like who you decide to interview, and and ultimately who makes it into the film? Because not everybody you interview is going to make it into the film. 
my process, I've come to call it the three R's. I do a lot of research, number mm-hmm. one, read a lot of books, and then identify people, hey, I really like the writing style or the uh, information I learned from this person. Okay. And then I'll send out emails, and whoever responds, uh, that's okay. going to you know limit the choices a little bit. Some don't right. respond, and mm-hmm. I have to be a little more aggressive to like find people. Sometimes they don't get email, it doesn't mm-hmm. turn up. And then random chance is another one, and referrals. Uh-huh. They'll refer uh-huh. people. Okay. Like you have. You've referred <laughs> so many people. To, Sam is so connected, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, lots of relationships out there. Um, so about how many people have you interviewed so far for the film? Uh, I'm approaching 30 people total. On oh, 30 total. My goal is probably 80, 90, or 100 ultimately wow, for this film. Wow. Uh, and, and how long have you been working on the film now? Well, since you and I met, it's yeah, been in the wow. back of my mind, and I spent several years reading all these books. Okay. So it's going to be a many-year process, but I've begun my active interviewing just right. recently. Oh, okay. And and how much, so what, in the last year, let's say, you started doing the actual filmmaking and writing? Yeah, I did. In January, I went to Europe to interview the European people. Ah, okay. Uh, like, like Robin Baker, who wrote mm-hmm. Sperm Warfare, okay. Sperm Wars. And Matt Ridley, who wrote the the Red Queen, mm-hmm. and and several other you know authors gotcha. over there. And and so how how much longer how much longer do you think it's going to take you to like uh, just get to the point where you're editing? Oh well, I'm editing as I go along, oh, but okay. probably a year's worth of filming, oh, okay. a year's worth of editing, and then uh, maybe I'll be back here and we can <laughs> chat about what I've discovered. Yeah, I would definitely. I would love to love to 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 get uh, the, the 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 sneak peek. A version before this this mm-hmm. comes out. Okay, um, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, when we come back, let's uh, learn a little bit more of what you found so far from uh, your interviews. So everybody, you're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and today we're talking to Roger Nygaard, filmmaker of the film, upcoming film. The Truth About Marriage. The Truth About Marriage. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? 
When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Roger Nygar, this funny, funny filmmaker. I love love his work. So, so Roger, you're working on on this film about marriage. Why is marriage so hard? Yeah, that's the question I start with all my interviews with people. Ah. Everybody seems to agree it is hard. Mm-hmm. First of all, okay, I think that's oh that that at least we have some agreement there. Right, there's a good basis because the statistics everyone knows. You know, 50% of marriages fail, right? right? I guess we define success or failure and whether they continue or not. Right, right. You can add to that probably another 10% of people stay married, but they're permanently separated or, or permanently mm. unhappy and they're right. no longer right. connecting. And so about mm. 60% don't work out. The other, whether it's 40 or 50% that are successful, that do stay together, mm. they also have to work hard at keeping it together. Right. With counseling right. or mediating or coming right. to some sort of uh, balance after a, usually some kind of power struggle happens to determine who's the boss in a relationship, oh, which is another okay. question I ask everybody. <laughs> who's the boss, the man or the woman? Ah, who would you say? For me? Well, in a happy marriage, the smart men let the women be the boss. <laughs> everybody <laughs> says it's the woman. Right. It's supposedly a man's world, right? It's, but that's changing. Actually, yeah. it's no longer... I believe we're in the middle of a big transition from it being a quote-unquote man's world to it being really a woman's world. It started out, I think, maternal societies. Right, matriarchal societies. Right, right. Ma- matriarchal. And now it became patriarchal with the advent of agriculture and the concept of possession uh, and women okay. used to be the responsible for collecting 80% of the food that the tribe ate through hunting and gather or th- I'm sorry through gathering right. whereas oh, the I men see. would do the hunting and maybe when they were lucky they'd bring something back and it'd right. be about 20% so women were far more valued the tribe couldn't exist uh, without their contribution yeah. Yeah, yeah. until agriculture was discovered and then what used to be the female domain was taken over by men mm. because you needed someone with more muscles to push a plow and, right. and it was just more right. physical labor right Leaving women with very little or less, less. to contribute, and then yeah. they became, they be under, uh, they became more like a possession to mm. men. And marriage mm. became about land and and possessions and two families coming together, mm-hmm. and it changed human society into this patriarchal society, which I think mm. we're, as you said, we're moving away from that now. Right. Well, because th- the statistics I heard, at least in the United States, that women on average are starting to earn more than men, 
and that it's actually easier for a woman to find a job in this very, very tight job market than it is for a man to find a job right now. Let's face it, they are superior to men in a lot of ways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if everybody says that, or for most, almost everybody I've interviewed has agreed that women are the boss in relationships. Right. And I'm I'm going to find out why that is. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that's right. one of the questions. Well, well in Western society, what about Eastern society? I think it's a male, female, masculine, feminine uh, energy thing that uh, transcends all cultures, for the most part. Okay. Yeah, there are differences. Some mm-hmm. some societies, like you know Saudi Arabia, clearly, right. they've got to put women in bags to right. try to control. <laughs> It's right, almost totally. acknowledging that women are stronger, and they've got to overpower them to like get to reduce their energy. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you face reality, human beings are meant to interact with two brains that bring different skill sets together, and then right. you're much stronger and better and more capable right. as a as a dyad and as a society. Societies where women are free, mm-hmm. they invent more things. They're 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 happier. Mm-hmm. It's there's more patents filed. There's a lot more right, going on. Right, right. And and even in the past, when it was a much more so male dominated society, women still made a lot, a lot of contributions. But those contributions weren't recognized. It was like the husband took credit for it, or 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 they they were just kind of shunned or relegated to some esoteric book. Uh, but if you research, you know, Madame Curie, um, Einstein's first wife, oh yeah, supposedly, if not, was actually the one who thought of E equals MC squared oh, yeah? was instrumental yeah, 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 yeah. in Einstein arriving at that conclusion. Right, 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 right. So we agree that marriage is hard. Lots of marriages don't last that long. I mean, there are, I'm, I mean I've met some people who've been married 40, 50, 60 years and they're still very happy. Um, but that's really not the norm, right? Well, what is normal? Normal is yeah. something that happens effortlessly. Mm. Breathing is normal, right? right. Uh, but marriage takes work. So right. one aspect, one way to look at it is nothing is of value if you don't have to work at it. Uh, it gives it we don't appreciate it. extra value when you right. have to work hard to attain something. Right. If you find right. $10 on the street, it's far less valuable to you than if you earn ten dollars working for an hour right right, right yeah or so, if you win the lotto right that's what they say like that ruins you yeah it's like they said i don't know 70 to 80 percent of like the big lotto winners in five years time uh, you know they're either broke worse off or dead yeah don't do it <laughs> don't do it <laughs> you're fine be happy with where you right. are what you've got work hard work for your stuff right. you'll be happier right so that's one way to look at why it's so hard another reason is that our culture evolves Mm-hmm. Just the way species evolve. Right. But our culture is evolving much faster than we are. Yeah, especially in the last 50 years. Yeah. And you look back 100, 200,000 years. Yeah. The culture has been evolving constantly. Right. It's going to take us a lot longer to catch up. So mm. we are these human beings that existed on the African savanna, designed, mm. and this is one way of looking at it, right? Mm. These are answers. Is it right? I don't know. These are solutions. These are mm. these are These are theories. But if we are these creatures that evolved to exist and deal with problems that existed on the African savanna, mm-hmm. our modern culture is so different from that mm-hmm. that it's not what our brains right. were created or designed for. Right. So we have to find workarounds and modifications. Mm-hmm. And so it's frustrating and it's difficult and it's hard to achieve 
these new goals or requirements that our society asks of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which absolutely. is modern marriage. Yes. One of them. Yes, yes. And, and, and modern marriage in 2015 uh, looks kind of different than modern marriage did in, in let's say, 1960. Um, I'm curious with the interviews that you've done so far. I know you said like you will read the book, you'll do some research, and then you'll contact the author. Uh, of the authors you've interviewed so far, was there somebody who like really surprised you that like their voice in their book and their voice in interviewing them was like wildly different? <laughs> You can usually get a good sense of a person's personality from their writing style. Right, and right. when a book makes me smile or laugh or chuckle or feel good or yeah. challenges me or angry, right. I think that's someone I want to meet and right. I want to talk to. Right. I interviewed a New Yorker uh, recently named Tai Toshiro, uh-huh. who wrote a book called The Science of Happily Ever After, ah, okay. where he's quantifying what is love, for uh-huh. instance, and, and why he, he's researching the very same questions that I'm part of the some of the questions that I'm seeking out. Okay. So I asked him for instance what is love? Mhm. And we have this one word to describe many different many. types of feelings, right? right? You love your right. children different than you love your spouse or your parents. Right. And and in some cultures, some languages, there are literally different words for those different types of love. Yeah, English is kind of hampered a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and and for whatever reason, you know, we don't have those distinctions. Uh-huh. You know, if you ask someone, I have asked people, you know, who do you love more, your children or your spouse? Mm. It doesn't, they always say the children, uh, right? It's much yeah, harder yeah, to yeah. replace children than it is to replace a spouse. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so when you are married to someone and you say, you're the most important thing to me, I'm going to love you forever. And then a child comes along mm. who's suddenly more important, it mm. creates an imbalance in what what stability there was, and you have to readjust right. to the new dynamics. Right. It's not easy. It's hard. No, it is. I, I'm curious. Have you found anything that explains why as soci- cultures become more educated, they tend to have less children? Like right now I know in some parts of Europe, it's like there's a negative birth rate because couples come together and not have kids or have very few kids. I think that's as simple as... Edu- education and availability of condoms, <laughs> for the most part. Right. And right. there's not much to do Or sometimes. other forms of birth control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes there's not much to do except get drunk and have sex. Mm-hmm. But if you got, oh, I'm going to go get a bachelor's degree, and I'm going to travel, and I'm going to uh, do this, and I'm going to take pottery classes, there's a lot to keep you entertained, and sex uh, isn't the only thing on the menu. I see. I see. I see. Um. Has there been anything that's come up so far with your research that really surprised you, like really about either about marriage itself or about what does it take to have a a happy or a good marriage? Is there anything you've learned recently that surprised you? Oh, so many things. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, marriage is sometimes about conflict and conflict resolution. Mm. I think that every relationship is a power struggle. Yeah. A continual ongoing power struggle. And you see it uh-huh. very clearly between a parent and a child. Yeah. A child yeah. is always testing the limits of what can I get away with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But spouses and siblings, they do that too. Yeah, and then yeah. something often happens that changes it. Like a man maybe gets caught cheating. Right. He, that's a huge you know, wrinkle in the, what, the existing power relationship. And sometimes he realizes he's no longer in charge. He's begging for forgiveness, and the tables have turned, and now she's the boss, or you know, oh, and maybe she was all along, right. but now it, the realization this is something sets that it. Brings it up to the surface. Yeah. So it's surprising to me 
there are, there are ways to have conflict. There are good ways and bad ways to fight. Mm. That's one thing I learned that was really interesting. Oh, okay. A lot of couples fight, mm-hmm. and you might wonder, what's more stable, a couple that fights a lot, a couple mm-hmm. that fights never, and or mm-hmm. something in the middle? And it turns out they are all equally stable or can be. What's mm. more important is the five-to-one ratio. You should have five positives for every negative. Oh. So if someone fights a lot, that's okay. a lot of flowers and I'm right, sorry and right. trips yeah, yeah, and yeah, diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> if they never fight, flowers once a year is enough. Yeah. But the cl- further you get away from five to one, the less stable the relationship gets. Right, right. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I just saw that statistic somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, how much time do we have? Okay, so let, let, let us take our, um, is this our last break? I think this is our last break of the show. So so let's take our break, and when we come back, let's uh, find out what's in store for the future. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and my guest this hour has been Roger Nygaard, independent filmmaker, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris lifestyle travel consultant and your host on travel and wellness today join me on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time for travel chat travel tips and travel news updates that's on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time on talkradio.nyc are you suffering from aches and pains has traditional medicine let you down Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com.
so, so Roger, I have to ask you, um, with the research that you've done so far, have you found, is there a key ingredient? Is there a secret to a happy marriage? Well, you know, the old joke is uh, two words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> or yes, dear. Right. <laughs> Those kind of go together. You know, yeah. one should follow the other. Right. But it's all about communication. That's the obvious mm. answer. People mm-hmm. don't communicate. Right. Fighting is good because it's com- at least it's communication. Right. You're getting on the table what's bothering you. Right. But the secret is mm. that most problems in relationships are not resolved. You can't Ah, expect someone to change. They're not going to change. People don't change. They'll return to their baseline eventually. And maybe they'll change, but they'll be resentful, Mm. which leads to other problems. So the way things are solved is problems are recognized and accepted, and you move on. Ah. Is it really going to bother you that he leaves his socks on the floor? Mm -hmm. You know, you might have to get used to it. Right. And is it too, is it so hard for you to pick up your socks? Just pick them up, right? Right, right, right. So if you just can't resolve that, you just have to accept it. Right. And accept, you got to accept your partner for who they are. Right. And yourself. Right. You may have a lot of feelings and desires that your society or culture tells you is wrong or sinful, mm-hmm. but that's who you are. You have these feelings and thoughts. Right. doesn't mean you have to act on them, but you have to acknowledge them, accept right. that's who you are, accept right. your partner has these thoughts, feelings, desires, right. and then you can move past it right. if you want happiness. Right. Right. At the beginning, we, we talked a little bit about the, or, or was it before, we, we were talking about sort of these expectations, these unrealistic expectations that we often have of our future partner. Um, and we mentioned during the commercial break that arranged marriages tend to be actually much happier marriages. Maybe not happier, but, but they, they, they last, percentage-wise, they last more often than not, more than uh, marriage by choice. Okay. And the way that they explain that, the theory is that parents probably know better than younger people mm. wh- who a good match would be uh, for the long term. Young okay. people are maybe more just obsessed with or, or in lust right, and not right. making the best choice for longevity. Right, right, they just don't right. have the experience. Right. Have you, in, in your research, have you talked to anyone about where you see the future of marriage going in society? Yeah, it seems to be going toward more where it used to be where it started out because we have more uh, choices and more options are are acceptable nowadays right, so we right. can try things and and do things that may have been uh, taboo uh, you know not long ago yeah look how quickly gay marriage has changed 10 years yeah. ago unthinkable right you know totally. now how many states and you know and right. and it's it's not only allowable, it's just, it's almost commonplace. Right. Just one of many, there's so many options right, right. It, that are probably getting back toward what is more instinctual in human nature. Mm. So what do you think is human nature around relationships? Well, human nature is probably based on these tribal societies from 100, 200,000 years ago that existed on the African savanna where they okay. shared everything, right. sex, food, shelter, Everyone, everyone raised the children together, so mm. any child could be yours. Right. You're motivated to help and raise everyone. Right. Women didn't have to worry about losing their spouse and losing their, their, their support. Right. Everyone worked together. Right. Well, we can't do that today. It's just a, our culture has evolved beyond that. We're right. stuck with the culture we have, right. which mandates monogamy. Right. And in between those two stages, polygamy mm. was uh, where we were. And right. we're actually still technically in a, 
practicing polygamy. It's just now called serial monogamy. Uh, In the old days, the man would just you know keep the old wife and add new ones. Right. right now right. you've got to dump the old one, the one girlfriend, the whatever. One. When you 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 know start shacking up with the new person. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Um. So tell me, after all of these interviews so far, because you're only about a third of the way through, right? Do you think you'll ever get married? That's part of my my existential crisis, <laughs> my, my personal crisis. Yeah, I'm not married. I've never been married. I've gotten close three times, or at least oh. where I thought, okay, okay, I can see this moving toward marriage. Right. But it didn't happen for different reasons, and there okay. were obviously learning experiences and very painful and mm. you know growth experiences. Mm. Uh, I, I certainly hope so. I hope to, or, or at least I just let me put it this way: I just want to live every day as happy as possible, mm. and I leave it at that. If that leads to children and marriage, right. great. I will embrace it. And but if those it two things nowadays; those two things don't necessarily go together, though, do they? They don't. But really, marriage is a contract between two people, primarily to share resources for the benefit of raising a child or children. Mm. That's the main purpose of marriage. It's not right. the only purpose. Right. I mean, you know, there's visitation at hospitals, mm. inheritance rights. Right. It's a contract. Right. You don't need a contract to prove you love someone. Right, right. It's not going to keep paper, someone. Right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's not going to make someone... St- they're going to still leave if they want to leave. Right. There's no way to you know prevent that anymore. Right. You know, it, like the old days, right. it was much harder, you know, especially certain religions prevented it. But right. times right. have changed. People have more options. And that's part of the problem. There's so many options. You look on the internet. Right. Oh, I can try this person or that lifestyle or this. And it's just yeah. sometimes it's too much. They did studies in marketing where people, when they go to the supermarket, they want mm-hmm. three choices. Right, right. But when they're faced with 30 choices, they get overwhelmed right, and just say, can't oh, I, I can't decide. It's too much. And it's that's similar to the problem we have now with so mm-hmm. many choices in dating and marriage and, and right. people. And, well, I'm not going to stay and work out this problem. I'll just try with someone new. And you get right. the new burst of endorphins from the new person, right, right. but a new set of problems. Right. And usually the same problems because if you haven't resolved it, especially because if they're usually a problem, there's usually something within us that's contributing to the problem. If we haven't worked that out, we're going to bring that to whatever relationship we go to next. Marnie, Gall- uh, uh, Marnie Kagan. Kagan, yeah. Uh, she said, she if she wrote a book called, hey, Maybe it's you. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't sell because right. people, they don't want to look inward. It's right, hard to look right, at yourself. Right. But you that's the only person you can change. Right, right, That's right. where you start. If you want to attract someone who's happy, right. you've got to be happy yourself. Right, right. So if we were to like transport ourselves, let's say, 50 years into the future, what do you think marriage would be looking like then? Well, it might, it might be... Uh, like a menu of choices oh. like you go to a restaurant and what do i want here you yeah. know and ha- children maybe yeah. yeah children may be divorced from marriage or separate yeah. you know do i want children do i not want children do i want a partner do i want three partners mm. you know it, it, you, there's so many options that could right. could and, and which could be could work i mean there are people with multiple partners now that yes yeah. that work for a while or mm. you know maybe they have the same problems I think it'll be a menu of choices. Yeah. You know, one time a, a number of years ago, I, I was um, I had a video company at the time, and I was down at this science fiction convention somewhere in like Atlanta or Alabama, I don't know, some one of those places, and I met a guy there who had two common-law wives. 
And and so my first thought was, wow, that must be a lot of work. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it does exist, even though we may not see it necessarily in the mainstream. Imagine high maintenance times two or three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, polyamory and, and polygamy may sound like a really great idea, but, you know, it has its own challenges, right, Roger? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, great. So if, if people want to follow you and, 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 and learn about, you know, when the film comes out, how, how would they, like, track your progress or, or keep in touch to learn when the film finally gets uh, published? Well, I'm about two years probably from completion, and then right. it'll be the film festivals and, and, then, and then a typical release, and uh, I'm going to build a proper website for the film, I, okay. the, the natureofmarriage.com. I'm sorry, the, the, truth the, the truthaboutmarriage.com. That okay. was available. I got it. Ah, good. And that's where it'll be. I've got a placeholder there now, which okay. will, will grow as time goes on. So, so they can go to a truthaboutmarriage.com and just kind of periodically yeah. check it. And, and if people want to learn about more of your work, do you have a personal website? RogerNygaard.com. RogerNygaard.com. Nygaard spelled N-Y-G-A-R-D. Well, wonderful, Roger. I really appreciate your time, uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to come step in the studio and talk about the truth about marriage. Oh, anytime. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. And listeners, thank you for listening. As always, five plus years and uh, still going strong. Uh, of course, please stay tuned. Coming up next, Kevin Barbaro with his show, Coffee Talk 3.0, featuring other independent artists. Actually, maybe next time I'll, I'll have to do a joint show with uh, Kevin because he's a, an actor and, and he kind of features uh, independent actors and filmmakers and stuff. So he would probably love to have you on his show too. So please stay tuned. Uh, listen to Kevin's show and we will talk to you next week. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread. The delicious, ultra-low net-carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.